Input. Output. Hi, this is Input Output, and I'm your host, Mark Yarm. Today on the Input Output podcast, we've got stories about a cool sneaker company and a weird social network. New Balance sneakers have long had a reputation being dad shoes, and the fact that company founder and chairman Jim Davis supported Trump didn't do much for the brand's street cred. But more recently, New Balance has actually become cool. InputMag.com news writer Ian Cervantes wrote about how the company turned things around. Here he is reading an excerpt from his piece. In the United States, discount models and department stores have, unfairly or not, cast New Balance as a sneaker for older cohorts. It is the New Balance 990V3. I actually picked these up at TJ Maxx for about $34.99. Just an absolute great deal. Conjure the image of a celebrity wearing a pair, and you'll probably think of Steve Jobs or Larry David. A far cry from Michael Jordan or Kanye West. Welcome back to the show, Ian. Love it here. Thanks for having me. So you hinted at it in the section you just read, but how has New Balance traditionally been viewed? In the United States specifically, it kind of has this stigma of being like an older person's shoe. Today I'm going to be reviewing some of the trendiest dad shoes. I don't know where it started, but it's a thing. We all daddies now. You know, it hasn't been completely left out of sneakerhead culture and that's explosion in recent years, but it's kind of had a little more niche of a following here. You know, one of the things I noticed when I was working at Heist Nabiety, like the only people who I saw there who were really wearing their shoes frequently were some of the older guys, uh, like the founder, as well as the, the head of the New York office, who also happened to be dads. So it was kind of appropriate where, you know, it was still cool, but like kind of had this like dad spin on it. But now, as I got into in the piece, it's kind of taking on an even greater life. And they're doing a lot more collaborations that are that are seeing a wider audience. Now, New Balance experienced some controversy when Trump was elected. W- what was that all about? Yeah, so basically the controversy was just the CEO donating money to Trump, which did spark kind of a backlash initially where, you know, people were specifically sneakerheads calling on protests of the company. Now, over the past week, people have been protesting against the American shoemaker New Balance just because one of its executives expressed support for Donald Trump's views on international trade. Hundreds of people posted pictures of themselves online, burning their New Balance trainers or throwing them in the bin. And that kind of opens up a debate on how much the CEO speaks for the company's values, you know, whether you can separate the the head of the company from the company itself. And I think it just kind of naturally died down in the years ensuing. No one's really talking about it. I think it's a fairly easy thing to compartmentalize when, you know, so many things within capitalism are, are compromised anyway. How has the brand revitalized itself? Basically, they had an, an internal effort where they, they kind of reorganized and for the first time set up a department specifically to work on collaborations. It was kind of like the Wild West before where different people were were kind of just tackling it on their own. It was almost everyone's job. But now it's more organized and, you know, you can kind of see that focus with what they're doing. And the result of it has been some really cool sneakers. This year especially, it just seems like everything they're putting out is awesome, which is also kind of nice because sneaker culture is getting kind of exhausting. You know, you have Nike, which has pretty much taken over the space entirely, but just trying to buy anything from them is such a nightmare that it's kind of cool to have something else to turn your attention to. Say I'm looking for a New Balance sneaker and I don't want to look like someone's dad. (laughs) What model would you recommend I get? 
Well, probably my favorite sneaker from them right now is the 827. That's a silhouette that they originally did in the 90s, which at the time was kind of a an innovative sneaker, a high performance running sneaker. And now they brought it back in, in the middle of a time where, you know, 90s athletic wear is a huge trend. So the sneaker I, I'm particularly a fan of was the collaboration they did with Ame Leon Dor, which is kind of a an athleisure luxury hybrid brand. I thought the colors on that were just gorgeous, but what they did, which is kind of a model that the sneaker industry follows, is where the launch or relaunch a silhouette by doing kind of a high profile collaboration. And then from there, they will do general releases with that same silhouette. So right now you can pick up the 827 in a lot of cool colorways that are also easier to purchase. It's not going to require you to go the resale route. Do you think New Balance can retain its coolness? Yeah, I think right now they're showing that they can continue the momentum. I mean, we're talking about a short period here, but uh, from my conversation with Joe Grandin, who is the guy kind of spearheading this collaborative effort on their part, he said that they've got a lot in the books for this year. Next, they're going to be continuing their partnership with Amé Leon Dor. It's going to be kind of their flagship collaborator. So I don't really see them falling off anytime soon. You know, we're not going to be talking about it as them overtaking Nike for the top spot. I mean, that's kind of an infallible position right now. But there's a lot of room for for kind of a, a second tier of sneakers below Nike and then Adidas, where it's kind of up for anybody to take. And I think New Balance is, is really taking the lead there. You can follow Ian on Twitter at Ian underscore Cervantes. Now on to today's second story. IMVU is a 16-year-old avatar-based social network, sort of like the better-known Second Life. Recently, IMVU's usership has surged because so many people are looking for social interaction during lockdown. InputMag.com news editor Cheyenne McDonald joined IMVU and reported on her experiences in this strange virtual world. Here she is reading an excerpt from her piece. The chats themselves feel like the internet of the aughts. In some, you're immediately smacked with strings of curses and racial slurs clearly children testing out forbidden behaviors, or you'll be hit on aggressively, and what counts as flirtation is often just a crude sexual remark. I half expected to see ASL, short for age, sex, location, every time I signed on. Welcome back to the show, Cheyenne. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me. I'd honestly never heard of IMVU before this. Where did you first discover it? Even when IMVU was more popular, um, when it launched earlier in around 2004, I didn't know too much about it at the time. I heard about it while I'd be driving to school. It would be one of those things advertised on some of the rap stations where they would just read out a whole like, IMVU virtual social media. And that was kind of it. It existed in the back of my mind as an ad. When you hang out in IMVU, you're going to find creativity is the new status symbol with the friends you'll make here. Every part of your experience, from clothes and hair to rooms and dance moves, was built by a creator. And that creator could be you. So why is IMVU relevant again? 
IMVU is super relevant again because we are all stuck in our homes, disconnected from a lot of people that we love, be it friends, partners, family members, and we're looking for ways to socialize without actually being in the same space. And, you know, we're doing a lot of video hangouts and FaceTimes and Zooms, but people are kind of sick of that and you want something that's a step further. So that's where IMVU falls into place. It's just a way to hang out with either your friends or strangers in a way that almost feels not physical, but it's closer than Zoom. (laughs) So tell me about your new adventures in IMVU. What have you been doing in there? I had a pretty crazy, weird time in IMVU, as I suspect a lot of people probably do. You get started building your own avatar and I mean, there are some pretty absurd choices you can make and just fun ways to play around with personalization. When a user comes onto MView, they get a chance to meet people. They get a chance to live a life or be someone that they don't normally get to be in real life. You can be a hype beast or you can walk around. There's someone whose character is just a cookie, like they just walk around as a cookie. So you really have a ton of freedom to build whatever persona you want. And then once you've built that, you can go into rooms with strangers and act in whatever way you want. So I started out by going into like private-ish rooms that had not too many people in it. Um, and, and that's weird because you get a lot of like animations of avatars making out and like doing like strip teases and it's it's just very bizarre. So yeah, I just poked around all the corners and found a lot of different versions of what a good time is. Uh, speaking of good time, you mentioned in the article that there's triple X rooms. What, how raunchy does this get? It gets pretty raunchy. And um, the funny thing is IMVU avatars are still a bit, uh, I mean, they're not like photorealistic. So they, they look a little wacky sometimes. And especially in these triple X situations, just like the exaggeration of features. I mean, it's full on porn, but it's just <laughs> these avatars. So yeah, they there's nothing held back. You see a lot of, you know, person on person and there's a lot of furry involvement too. You know, anything goes. So IMVU has been around for 16 years, which is an absolute eternity in internet time. What do you attribute its longevity to? There's really just not much else out there that is like this. What about Second Life? Yeah, well, so that's the thing. Like Second Life is conceptually similar, but it feels a lot more lifelike in the serious sense. You know, it's like more open world play. It's like The Sims, but a lot better. Whereas IMVU, it reminds me of some of the things that the the bad behaviors we left behind with MySpace, where we were just throwing everything out there. And sometimes it's tacky and it's usually weird. A lot of the other sites that push you more into that zone of realism, you lose the weirdness. It does sound really weird. (laughs) Yeah, I say that, you know, with love. Because I mean, I, I definitely, I spoke to cool people on there and there's no judgment here, but shit gets weird. You can follow Cheyenne on Twitter at underscore Shy Mac, and I am at Mark Yarm. For more news from the world of technology and culture, visit InputMag.com. You can click on the links in the show notes for the stories we discussed today. New episodes of Input Output are released three times a week. If you enjoyed what you heard, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. You can find Input Output on your smart speaker or whichever podcast app you use. Thanks for listening.